Coming up next on The Jeff Curley Show, we're going to get an update on the supply chain issues that have been plaguing the planet. We'll be talking to an international expert next. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. I don't know about you, but uh, I've heard of the supply chain my entire life, but it didn't really mean anything to me until COVID. And it reminded all of us how interconnected we are. Sometimes uh, cars were not being produced in Detroit because there was one little chip that they, was, they were lacking. To talk about that today, David Griffith. He is with uh, G4 Logistics International. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. Okay, so you started this company not too long ago. This is 2016. Well, correct. And, and you're probably humming along and then COVID. Yeah, and it was, um, for the first 60 days or so, it was uh, a little bit scary. But then we were designated in the industry of transportation as frontline, and we really got busy moving a lot of the critical things that were needed, hand sanitizer, face masks, and those kinds of things. And, um, and then as you guys notice with the crunch of the supply chain and because of covid there was so much pull forward in the supply chain for inventory that that kept us busy as well sure and i think we we're living in a society where it's almost like a just in time now yeah, it's very, not, very it's, much so they're not keeping warehouses full of stuff they, they're, they're well there, there's lots of warehouses but the reaction time to the customer needs to be so immediate that that proliferation has created a lot of these bottlenecks through through the warehouses in the supply chain. Sure, we're going to pull up the website and kind of scroll down the website, and it's uh, very impressive because you you work with clients all over the globe. We do, yes. And uh, one of your uh, primary target markets is Mexico. Tell us why that's such an important market. Yeah, when when we created G Four Logistics, um, uh, one of the main partners and I we actually opened the office here in Dallas and in Mexico City. And we did that on purpose because from my years in the industry, uh, I've always seen the frustration of the commercial transactions to and from Mexico uh, because of the tediousness of customs and just the, the cultural nature. And it, and it seems there's quite a bit of resistance um, or depth of knowledge in the U.S. market to, to do that trade directly. Sure. We were talking just before the show and you told me a story that I'd like you to repeat on what happens when, when it comes to the Mexican border, yeah. it's offloaded or inspected or? So when a, when a shipment gets loaded that's going into Mexico, uh, it, it has to go through a border crossing point. And I'll use Laredo as, as, as the biggest one between the U.S. and Mexico. And they, the, the truck has to stop at a designated point, get offloaded, 
and be physically inspected uh, and classified for the Mexican customs, which takes it from a digital transaction for how we booked it into an analog transaction. Then it gets reloaded onto the truck and they have their customs formal paperwork and they go to the US border side and do their clearance. And then they go to the Mexican side for that clearance. And any time in between, they could be stopped for an inspection. Um, and, and those handoffs between each piece of those is kind of what creates frustration for people because shipments get held up, they weren't properly classified, the documentation wasn't in both languages, so, so the supply chain gets elongated. And is it um, so cumbersome that some people in your industry will just avoid Mexico? It's, it's a, they they a do. A, a big part of our client base is other third-party logistics companies, um, not unlike ourselves. They do a lot of the domestic work and even international work with Southeast Asia, with Europe. But when somebody says, hey, can you do Mexico? They, they kind of look around and say, no, I really can't. So we offer our services and as, as I say, we white label ourselves. So we're kind of in the background for other 3PLs that need for, to give an answer for their clients to the, to the Mexico market. And uh, talk about the importance of kind of knowing the nuances. I mean, I always say that if you wanted to have a tour of Mexico, you could hire a professor who speaks Spanish, or you could go find the guy who knows the back alleys of Mexico and say, no, you're not going there, you're going there. Yeah, and, and I, that, that's what we offer. 75% um, of my staff in the U.S. is bilingual English-Spanish, um, and obviously the, the team in Mexico City um, knows the culture and, and the nuances. And we have, I mean, I've been doing this in the Mexico market for the last 33 years um, with different big 3PLs. And, and so we, we've got, we've built up contacts and kind of strategies on how we do these transactions that make it easy. And our focus is always on customer service. Sure. Uh, you don't have to name the client, but tell me a, a client story of a time you saved the day, that this shipment had to be someplace. Yeah, we, we had um, uh, a manufacturer who had an installation team and they had, had won a job. Uh, they were based in Massachusetts, um, but they won the job in Cancun. And they got to the border and they didn't realize all the intricacies that they, that they needed to prepare for. And so they had no way to get the equipment across the border and through Mexico uh, to Cancun while their installation crew was traveling via a different route and they were gonna be sitting there without their equipment. So they called us and we, we quickly took stock in what they had, helped them fix their paperwork, found them the proper contacts for the customs clearance and for the transportation into Mexico. And we, we actually got there the day before the crew showed up and they had a successful Wow, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of moving pieces. It is. But it had to feel good for the client to Absolutely. say you saved the day. Uh, let's talk about uh, the supply chain and, and is it getting untangled? I mean, are we starting to see uh, things improve? Yeah, part, parts of it are. I mean, capacity in ocean freight and air freight is kind of mixed depending on where you're shipping from. Um, but there are still segments uh, that because of 
both trade negotiations that are going on in the geopolitical realm, uh, and, and also just the limitations of, of particular supply based on the previous pull of demand. They just haven't replenished those base supplies, uh, so there, there can be gaps in, in stockouts, if you will, uh, in, in people's supply chain. Talk about um, how politics plays a role, because I know that there are a lot of countries right now that are uh, not as friendly as, as others. I mean, what's your experience with the kind of the geopolitical climate? Well, yeah, when, when D.C. makes a proclamation and picks a fight with another country or takes issue with trade practices from another country, you can feel both the supplier and the customer, the consumer, uh, because they need to redirect where they have their supplies if it's going to be trapped in that country. Or if they're selling to it, they've got to find other markets to sell to because they're not going to have that market or that market's going to be disrupted. And one of the main things that G4 Logistics focuses on in having both the Mexico City and a U.S.-based office is the what you've probably heard the term near sourcing or resourcing of uh, manufacturing and subassembly uh, of items for the U.S. market. Uh, we believe that a lot of those that are in those unstable locations, if you will, are trying to find a place both with a shorter supply chain and a history of, of more stable uh, manufacturing and with technical capabilities, which Mexico is quite technically viable, um, and they have a very um, quick learning workforce, so it's easy to stand that, that business is up. Wow, you have been an amazing guest. You're just a wealth of information, and uh, you didn't talk over my head. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. We're going to end up uh, with your website, which is g4logisticsinternational.com, the great David Griffith. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.